Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome in. This is Believe, Georgia Dodge Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Doesn't it? with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks a tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. Good evening, neighborhood. How about them dogs? 32, 18. Let the celebration begin. It's uh, another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Got a real special guest. He's in a real special place. He is uh, he's recovered from his Twitter <laughs> beatdown after the national championship. Joe, it's, oh. it's nice of you to join us, man. That was oh, that was a, that was a rough thing. I now I understand why you brought me on. <laughs> but uh, but he's coming on to talk Senior Bowl. Uh, uh, got got several Georgia's players in the Senior Bowl. Just wanted to bust your chops about that a little bit. That was uh, I I felt for you, man. Yeah, honestly, I I, I totally understand. It. I I get it. I understand that if if one of your best players of all time, like when people make comments <laughs> that are negative about him, I understand me. When when yeah, fans they, were getting they upset, got after you, man. I, I was yeah. like, man, what's it's like, damn, poor Joe. He, he just I, I've had just worse throwing out an opinion. Right. I've, I've had worse said to me on a football field and by people in the stands. So like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It just rolls right off you, man. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was, I was, I was sitting there going, okay, all right. He's, he's, he done riled him up, man. But, uh, <laughs> and joining us on the road, uh, on his way to Atlanta for, to the Glacier clinics, it is Israel troop, man. Israel, what's up, dude. Our show is presented by bet online and it remains to be your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. From everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, yeah, you can bet on esports. Um, and, and the Super Bowl is set. I'm sure we'll, with whatever extra time we have, uh, we will talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, if, like I said, if we have time, but you'll find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contest, and live scores for almost any sport or any game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events. So head to betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Think he broke up. He's somewhere. He's somewhere in Macon, somewhere kind of in Middle Georgia. So uh, as he pops back in, we'll. Uh, We'll get him back in the fold. So, Joe, man, it's uh, it's good to see you though. Uh, on on a serious note, it's good to see you, man. Uh, how how you living down there in the Senior Bowl? Uh, great, great. It's just been you know one continuous grind. The uh, the travel portion of it was not fun, and it kind of set the week up for a bit of a, a you know a weird rhythm because it's supposed to have time to get in on Monday ends up turning into a red eye on Tuesday morning. Oh. Just been rolling with the punches and having a great time. Hopping on all the believe shows, talking about the great players that were participating in these practices, and 
Things just wrapped up today, but still got a lot more that I want to get through and, and talk about. But it was a blast getting to see things in person and to see uh, some of these guys up close. Well, Tajay Spears, man, uh, going outside of the Georgia network here for a second. Tajay Spears, man, I saw some clips of him. Is yeah. he is he that impressive in person? Oh, absolutely. And I, I admittedly didn't really watch much of, of Tajay Spears coming into this week. He wasn't even on my short list of early guys that I wanted to get to uh, for the running back group in this class. And as I started to watch more and more of them of of this week, I I was more and more convinced that he was the best running back here in Mobile. There were so many plays, and you talk about those clips that keep surfacing. It's like every day he had a different highlight, a different play where you Mm -hmm. just saw the field really well, and and he had really good vision, really good quickness, elusiveness. He's a small, shifty guy, and that's what's going to make him you know, a high-value second running back in a, or just a really high impactful player in a, in a team that runs a committee type backfield approach. I feel that for the Miami Dolphins with, with Mike McDaniel and having some questions at running back, I think that that is a guy that they should target that fits perfectly with what that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree looks for in running backs and how they like to attack the running game. Yeah, man, he, he he's a special dude. He's the reason why I think he was a big part of the reason why he, uh, why they beat USC in Absolutely. the in the Cotton Bowl. So, uh, joining us back on the road is Israel Troop. Man, Israel, what's up, man? How you living? Uh, <laughs> it's a little rainy. Um, I went yeah, been talking some ball with some coaches and stuff. Joe, man, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Just excited to excited that I'm out here in Mobile and was able to catch some of the practices going on. Hey, man, can I say you provided some much entertainment? I know. Corey's probably already gone over it with you, but uh, you provided so much entertainment before my Twitter. I gained like 20,000 followers. No, I'm just kidding, but I did gain a couple from as much fun as we had during that time, during that championship, man. It, it was great, man. You handled it well. Um, you know, we got we got some crazies on our side, but... but uh, we do. We do indeed. Uh, it was great, man. I appreciate you saying that, Israel, and I'm glad that I was able to provide you guys <laughs> with the entertainment. Because dude, I was dying day. laughing, man. I, I, I loved it, man. I, you know, obviously I took no offense to that stuff, man. But uh, so, uh, you know, how are our boys doing? We got we got uh, Kenny McIntosh, Warren McClendon, Chris Smith, and Jack Pudlesny uh, playing for the all playing for the American team. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, you know who who stood out amongst those guys? I saw uh, you, you you tagged me on Instagram with a, a Chris Smith analysis. I mean he's he's one of those players where I guess just because he has a common name that nobody really pays much attention to him, but he's been locked down. Yeah, right? one of the things that I've uh, you know I've brought up with Christopher Smith is that he's so easy to to miss and to overlook mm-hmm. because of I know the name thing. That's actually a, you know a funny point to bring up as well, but. If you consider all of the talent that Georgia had on defense, it's so easy to overlook him because he's just like a really consistent guy. Like he's always in the right spot. He always knows where he needs to be. He's very reactive. He's very quick thinking. So when you see all these other crazy athletes on the field, you you don't even think twice about a guy like that who's just getting the job done. But he shows up in Mobile and he doesn't have any of those guys to rely on. And instead, he's out here making plays. You know, he's he's out here showing up and dominating in these one-on-one reps. He was step-for-step step with pretty much every tight end he covered. He had a lot of instances where he got an arm in on, on plays and, and had a number of pass breakups. 
And then he also did that, did that against guys like Xavier Hutchinson uh, of the receiver group. So his ability to impact um, completions and just ride guys out on those one-on-one reps is super promising. Frankly, I think that he was the best safety here this week. I think I know that there were some other guys who made some plays and, and shined and had you know some positives, but Chris Smith, far and away, I think might have been the best safety here. I had him graded as a third-round pick coming into the week. And I honestly, after seeing what he did and all those things that I highlighted here, I think that he's done enough that he might bump himself up a little bit higher somewhere in late round two, maybe even earlier than that. Interesting. Yeah, I've always thought he was one of those unsung guys that, you know, that seemingly gets punished in draft stock, uh, so to speak, because he's just not flashy. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to explain it. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Israel. Sorry. Oh, I was about to say, man, Chris, uh, he, he's a football player. I mean, he, he's, he's what you want um, at that safety position, kind of the quarterback of the defense. And, I mean, I watched a couple of highlights of him. I mean, he knocked the kid's helmet off. Um, that might have <laughs> been the day. I mean, he's, he's covering people in one-on-one. But like you said, Joe, I mean, he's just been, you know, he has so much around him. You know, so he cut, you know, he had Bullard and, and Ringo kind of got, you know, the bulk of all the attention and, mm-hmm. and Jalen Carter. But, you know, if you look at the back end of that deal, I mean, he's the guy. So, you know, he's trying to he finally gets a chance to, you know, be on his own and kind of show his talents a little bit. I, I was talking to my my co-host Blake Rafino about him, and he was he was mentioning how during these SEC press conferences, when you get to hear from from the coaches, Kirby talks so much about Christopher Smith and, and some of the things that he heard that I absolutely love. And and when when I got to listen to him talk during the player availability, you, you really got an understanding of that personality. But Kirby always talked about how he could just yell at Christopher Smith as much as he wanted to. And Christopher Smith is the type of kid that's just going to say, yes, sir. Yes, coach. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make the adjustments and I'm going to get it done. That's a really, really promising thing. And there's a reason why he was a captain and why he was a leader on this team. Uh, Again, just in general, I just was so impressed. Everything across the board, that's what you want in a free safety. That's what you want in a defensive back that eventually becomes a, a captain on your roster and just a really consistent, good, good player. Israel, you got anything? Man, he, he hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, you, ne- you never heard anything about Christopher Smith. He was always in the right spot. I mean, like I say, when you got a guy like that, um, he's just a smart football player, you know, and it just goes back to the development of, of, of Georgia, you know, things that Kirby Smart has implemented. And, I mean, you got – Coach Schumann and and um, Muschamp, you know, coaching those guys. So, I mean, he's developed, and, I mean, he's just going out there and having a great time at the senior ball. I mean, he's actually just upping his, his stock. I mean, he's a great kid. He's very athletic, and now he's putting all that together. And, I mean, there's no telling what round this kid's going to go in from the simple fact that he's out there balling right now. Is it a safety-heavy draft, Joe? Um, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I think that there, there are guys that, are, that, you know, have a lot of potential, like a guy like JL Skinner, who was a bit inconsistent this week. I, I think that there is plenty of room for guys like Christopher Smith to move up. This, this isn't a class where we're top heavy, like some years. I absolutely think that someone like Christopher Smith could certainly benefit from that as well. Okay. Well, uh, running back is certainly uh, a position that is heavy in this draft. Well, we talked mm-hmm. about Spears at the top of the show, uh, but 
Kenny McIntosh, where does he fit? How's his week been? I, I saw they got a little bit nicked up. Um, is he okay? What's what's going on with, with McIntosh? Yeah, uh, McIntosh has been practicing most of the week. And yes, he he did get banged up, but it looks like he's he's bounced back relatively from, from that injury. I haven't heard much since that initial report that he was a little bit banged up during practice. But uh, admittedly, with this running back group, it's it's a little bit underwhelming the group that's at the senior bowl. A lot of the mm-hmm. top guys are, you know, your Bijan Robinsons, your uh, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would even throw Deuce Vaughn into that conversation. Devon yeah. A. Chain, all these guys that are underclassmen, and typically the running back position is not one where you have upperclassmen come out that are top tier players at the position. But I think McIntosh, who's just been so consistent in his career at Georgia. Not, again, not like a flashy player, really not a guy that that has crazy traits like some of those top guys that I just mentioned. I think that he serves a role as a, as a nice second or third running back on a roster. Um, I don't know why They're, they don't directly compare, but just kind of gives me the same vibe of like a Brian Robinson where um, I know that Brian Robinson looked pretty good for the commanders, but mm-hmm. just doesn't necessarily physically you're not in awe over anything physically, but is consistent, a pretty quality player. I think he's done fine during these practices. What hasn't been the best guy because that, that goes to uh, uh, Tajay Spears, but uh, McIntosh overall has just had a, a pretty consistent week. Where would you project him? Oh, yeah. uh, I would project him probably going somewhere on day three, fifth, sixth round. I haven't completed my fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't completed my final evaluation on him, but considering all of the talent that there is at the running back position, like we mentioned here, he probably will sit somewhere outside of my top 10, which is going to you know push him somewhere day three. Israel, you were saying something? Yeah, I think he gives you the option of coming out of the backfield. I think he showed that this year. Yeah. Um, and like just say, he, he's, he's, he was consistent for us this year. Um, you know, the only thing that scares me with him is, is his health. You know, he, he's a little bit banged up and he got banged up there, but – one thing I can say, I mean, when he's when he's in the game, I mean, he's going full speed, 100 miles an hour. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things to where do, do we worry about that? Is he is he going to be fine? But the fact that he can come out the backfield is big and as physical as he is. Him coming out the backfield as a weapon, especially now with NFL offenses going to more of the spread, throw it around a little bit type offenses. Yeah, I mean, what what teams do you think would fit? I mean, Joe, last time I had you, we talked about James Cook being a perfect fit for the Buffalo Bills. I think we called that one perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're like, what what type of team would Chris would uh, not Chris, but uh, what type of team would Kenny McIntosh fit well into? Well, the thing with Cook is that he uh, he has had a little bit higher of a ceiling, I think, as a prospect, which is why he was a little more projectable for a, a scheme fit where they needed that secondary receiving back to fit into a a group that was pretty much by committee. I I think McIntosh is going to fit, can fit into a a number of situations for somebody who's looking for a third running back, maybe a second running back that is going to play a lot of special teams. Um, You know, again, not the same as cook last year. Again, we like, we were talking about, I remember when you, when you dropped that, that, uh, that potential destination, because that, that was really spot on, but uh, McIntosh, I think, could fit into you know plenty of different situations for a lot of rosters. 
Israel, I know you're uh, you're wondering about Warren McClendon. I mean, we we talk so much about the offensive line. You know, what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. on McClendon, um, Joe? What are your thoughts as as well? It, admittedly, I've been a little bit underwhelmed with McClendon. Uh, he's you know he's a tall, long kid, but overall in these one-on-one reps, I just I haven't seen a lot where I've been excited. And, and admittedly, there's been times where I've written written down in my notes like. Uh, not a great rep by by McClendon. I, I I know that this Georgia offensive line as a whole was a really cohesive unit and they played really well together. But it's one of those offensive lines, kind of like the Michigan one, where it's the sum of its parts that led to the success. So McClendon mm-hmm. here, he's removed from having those guys to to help him out, and he's put in these one on one situations where he's not necessarily going to to thrive in those spots. So he's been fine. He's another guy that he's got the traits. He's physically, you know, got everything that you want in an offensive tackle. And he's been playing you know, a lot of right tackle here at the senior bowl. Um, he's likely going to be somewhere as a day three pick with, with some more talented players, especially some more talented guys that have looked really, really good this week uh, that he's been effectively competing against. Yeah, I think he, he's, um, he's going to be a special pick. You know, he's got a lot going on too. Um, while, while he's up there, and um, I'm just, I just applaud him for even being up there at, at this particular point. You know, with everything that that kind of went on and kind of happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he, he's from my neck of the woods down here in Brunswick. So um, of course, you know, I'm going to always root for him. But you know, I think he, I think he'll, he'll end up. I think he's a day two, maybe day three guy, kind of like what Joe said. I kind of agree with that. You know, just because of circumstance at this particular point, and let's mm-hmm. say. That situation doesn't happen. I mean, we're we're talking about a different story right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think he, he'll he'll adjust. And I think he'll be fine when it, when it all when it's all said and done. Yeah, no doubt. And Joe, I th- I think he's uh, with a chance to to up his stock at, at pro day. I think he's a day three guy. I think he's a fourth fifth round guy, uh, depth position uh, type person, and, and I, I think he can he can add some there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I just it's an uphill battle. You know, there's mm-hmm. some more technically refined guys, again, especially here, like we getting to see guys like Matt Bergeron just be so consistent and technically refined. And he's somebody who is more likely than not a, a late first round, early second round pick because of the other guys that are ahead of him, like Peter Skronsky mm-hmm. and Paris Johnson. And then there's also more raw guys that have shown up this week, like um, Jalen Duncan from Maryland, who has been up and down has played you know, different spots, has played left and right tackle, has been better at left, not as good at right tackle. Right. A guy like him is still going to be valued over McClendon because you know he's got a lot of potential and his best reps are really, really good. And we're kind of banking on those traits. So there's just there's a lot of competition for him to work through, especially with the guys that he's showing up against uh, during this week of practice at the, at the Senior Bowl. And I, I saw an impressive uh, going outside the you know going outside the Georgia uh, network again. I saw an impressive viral clip of Cody Mock uh, mm. from North Dakota State. Is, has he been like that all camp, or is that just kind of a one off? Honestly, so the, the one thing that's really confusing for me with Cody Mock, and first of all, I love Cody Mock. Uh, I, I spoke to him during the the player availability. Mm-hmm. I've tried to get him on my FCS show before in the past, and he's a really really nice kid. I get why people are excited about him because of those clips that you're referencing where he's just had like really, really good reps. He's a tough, mean kid, strong mm-hmm. kid. But then you see like the PFF account 
tweeting about how like he's had like the most dominant week out of any of the linemen. And I, I didn't really see that. I, I saw good, really, really promising reps, but I also saw him struggle. I saw him uh, have poor footwork and positioning and, and get beat by uh, like guys like Ade Odobare, who had a really, really good week. So that inconsistency, inconsistency to me, I'm not totally bought in on Cody Mock. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think that he has that potential to be a, a day three, early, sorry, early day three, late day two pick. Um, but to go further than that, I think is a little bit, a little bit too high. Uh, yeah, you know, those FCS, those FCS guys, man, them guys are mean. <laughs> you know, in the clips that I've seen, I mean, he's just out there bullying people. Those guys have a point to prove. So, you know, it's, it's guys like that that, you know, it's guys like that that get drafted early. Mm. You know, John, I know you just mentioned that, but those got the got the kids like that always seem to go early for some reason, but from somebody, you know, and they end up having a, a really good career. You know, and he's out there just mauling people. And who's the guy with the Saints? Like, it's well, like why that. This guy's. Trevor Penning. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Trevor Penning was a little bit more um, athletically gifted, but I totally get what you're saying, Israel, where you can't coach that mentality. And that's why he's going to get drafted somewhere on day two, most likely, with those positive reps he showed. He's going to test really well because he's a former tight end. I spoke to him, and one of the questions I asked him was, if you didn't play football, football didn't exist, what would you do? And, you know, I was expecting to get some answers from guys like something cool, like be a doctor, be an agent, be a lawyer, something like that. And his response is that he would work on, you know, the family farm. That was what he would go to. And I, he just gives that vibe, like that tough, mean, yes. gritty, hardworking yeah, vibe. I love it. And that's what I want in my offensive line. Absolutely. That's exactly what I want. He has a okay. very, very Ben Jones type demeanor about him. And Corey, you know Ben Jones. Oh yeah, I know us, Ben Jones. You know, grass eating Ben Jones. Just oh yeah, big nasty guy, and that loves football. And that, and that's and that's what you get when you get guys like that. Man, they just love football. Yeah, and he's been a he's been a gem for the Titans. Um, I mean, you saw how how that Titans offensive line fell apart when he went out. So you need nasty guys like that on the interior for sure. No, one hundred percent. I think. So that- Oh, go ahead, Israel. Go ahead, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was just going to reiterate no, the no, point no, you, that. You go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to reiterate that point that uh, he fits exactly that. You know, a tough, mean interior guy, and and that's exactly what you're signing up for. And I think that's again, a lot of teams are going to draft him just based off that. Absolutely. So go I got ahead. a question here offensively, because obviously we're, we're both offensive guys, me and Corey here. Mm-hmm. What, what, mm-hmm. from what you've seen, you know, the big thing is going to be like somebody's going to need a quarterback. And somebody's going to need a top receiver. What guys have stood out to you, you know, from that standpoint? We've seen offensive line. We've seen running back. The receiver and quarterback, you know, for certain teams, especially teams that actually need one that are have the top picks right now, what guys have stood out to you, you know, that's like, you know what, that guy can pretty much go in and kind of change that franchise right now? I, I don't think right now at the Senior Bowl that there's anyone that admittedly fits that description, uh, especially a quarterback receiver. There's some guys that have shined that I think will step into tertiary roles more likely than not quarterback to address very quickly. There's, you know, at the very most, you've got a guy like Clayton Toon who, who comes from Houston, who's, who's looked decent or Jake Hayner is a very promising player. Who's been the best of the quarterbacks, but still to me that there's, there's no starting quarterbacks here. This is, this is all backup quality players. 
uh, especially a guy like Max Duggan from TCU. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about those receivers, I see a guy like Michael Wilson, who comes from Stanford, big, strong kid, nice frame, boxes guys out, runs really, really good routes. He was he doesn't create separation with speed or athleticism, but he creates separation with his route running and his footwork. And he made a lot of really good plays, uh, just making catches in these one-on-one drills and showing off all those all those various skills that he has. Separate from him, though, two quicker guys, Tank Dell and Jaden Reed. Tank Dell from Houston, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, um, have been cooking guys with their footwork. And I, it's usually to the benefit of these speedier receivers in these one-on-one situations. Those guys usually usually, usually shine if they're if they're fast players. But when you're creating like 10 yards of separation and you're completely cooking dudes, that's pretty promising. Like that's a really positive sign that you're able to beat guys that badly. So those two guys, along with Michael Wilson, I think have been the, the best receivers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, think about this in the NFL from a receiver standpoint, those guys are just as fast as you are. Right. So you got to be able to run routes and hearing you say that, and there's a kid from Liberty that I saw today that absolutely left the DB in, in just standing there, right? So, I mean, I think, like, in senior bowl, so things that I look at from, from as a receiver and as a receiver coach is, can you get open? It's not about blowing by people or things like that because the NFL level, everybody's on an equal plane. It is mm-hmm. can you get open and how can you get open? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of different guys this week that have shown those those different ways and those three guys in particular did it the most consistently. There were there were some guys this week who uh, either were just creating no separation and weren't finding any ways to get open and weren't finding any ways to you know make plays. They, they had a couple nice reps, but a lot of head scratchers in some of these players. One guy in particular I was a little underwhelmed with was, was Ronnie Bell, who I, I kind of was hoping could be explosive and, and an underrated player based on what he did at Michigan. But had a number of drops, but I, I totally agree with that. When I look at receivers and I'm looking at these one-on-one drills, it's how do you create that separation? How do you win with that separation? And is that something that can translate to the next level? And I think that those three guys, more than anybody, have shown that they have those capabilities. Yeah, and quick, another question too, real quick: Is it the ball? Okay, because I think it was it was I think it was Jamar Chase that had a really tough time catching the, the NFL football. Is the ball really that different from college to NFL, you know, as far as, you know, maybe texture and things like that? See, I, I feel like r- just a really random part to the answer to this question. Like when I was a long snapper and I tried to make that, that jump, it, it took me like a week to get used to it. But once you get used to it, handling that football, and I know snapping is different than catching, handling that football, I think some people might argue can be easier because it's it's a little bit more grippy those footballs um i know that it's a little bit fatter it's a little bit wider which makes it a little bit harder for guys with smaller hands and i think that's why you do see some guys struggle to catch this football um the other thing too though is that like a lot of these guys in the off season they're at training facilities or they're training with with like pro level quarterbacks they're training and working with guys and, and for the most part they have exposure to the to the wilson nfl football so um as much as I think they, that some guys can use it as a as a crutch, I, I try not to read into it too much because at the same time, 
you should be able to catch it. You know, a, a slightly fatter football, yeah. like how much of a drop off mm-hmm. is that? And Israel, from like your perspective, being a receiver, like, do you, do you think the same thing that like there's that much of a difference? It could lead to um, a, an increase in drops. Yeah, I, I can see it, you know, because. What I think about is, you know, from high school to college and to the NFL, you know, you got those white lines that you can see and kind of concentrate on, right? So mm-hmm. now you go to a ball that doesn't have that, you know? So I understand it from that point. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to catch the football. You know, the football, it, it's that little oval-looking shape, you know, funny-looking <laughs> shape. You know, you just, you, you just got to catch it, you know what I mean? But I can kind of see where Jamar is coming from. Yeah. Well, he got, he got it fixed, obviously, because, I mean, he's pretty and all over the place. But at that point, you know, he was like just seeing it and, you know, just getting reps with it. I, I can kind of see how that goes, you know, both ways. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you got to catch football. And obviously he figured it out because, I mean, like I said, well, you can hit the gritty at any time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you got to be doing something good. But, you know, being a receiver myself and, you know, trying to teach my guys and, you know, from, at the NFL level right now, I mean, Guys are winning because they're able to create separation. They're able to catch the football, kind of what you alluded to. So if you can catch the football and create separation, I mean, you can have a long career a career and a really good career, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and do and catching catching footballs in traffic, contested catches, things like that as well, I think is important. Um, and, and what uh, – but uh, Joe, before we let you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into special teams because uh, that's your <laughs> that's your specialty. Uh, is there gonna be a kicker drafted, and is that kicker gonna be Jack Podlesny? Uh, here's my here's my thoughts on on kickers getting drafted. I don't think any kicker should ever get drafted. I think that it is one of the most complicated positions to properly predict. And I know that sounds really counterintuitive and like me being a specialist, like I should be supporting the selection of, of these specialists, but there's a reason why no, a lot of you guys play PlayStation while we're at practice. Drew Butler and those guys are up there at the top playing that on PlayStation. We're outside dying. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, if you're not playing PlayStation, you're usually goofing off. We used to play, uh, punt golf where we tried to kick it into the tackling donuts see, during practice. See what I mean? These guys are down here just just goofing off and we're out there dying, just running gassers, getting yelled at all the time. Yeah, whenever we were asked to run. Get him, Israel. <laughs> but, but I've been waiting an- on this day. <laughs> but to answer the question, though, I, I think what gets so complicated with these kickers is that it's so easy to just get caught up in the statistics without actually evaluating how do these guys do when they're in a pressure situation? That to me is what determines success for kickers and punters and snappers, especially, but most importantly for kickers, like you, you got to show up and be able to hit these long field goals to tie games and win games. I, I don't care mm-hmm. how you yeah. kick when there's no um, impact of, of conditions. I want to know also how do these guys respond to a miss? We, we saw it, ha- it happened with Brent Maher, who he's a fantastic kicker, but the guy doesn't oh, have it all right oh between between his ears. Like he's he one went of those the tank. Oh god! Yeah, Israel's oh a Cowboys fan. Joe, Dallas get him. Man, that hurts <laughs> Trust but, me, I was like, I was like, Joe, I know where you're going with this. Hold on now, wait, wait, wait. But it's a good example of where we can go really long Perfect with some of these guys' careers 
and we can go without seeing them make these mistakes. And then the minute that they make the mistake, they're unusable in football games. I need a guy that's going to recover. And that's why I don't like to draft guys. I think that there's a lot of kickers, especially from these big programs that statistically do really well and are used to kicking in non-adverse situations. And a lot of NFL teams will just draft guys based on their statistics and be like, well, he was 95%. Oh, he looked good in, in the workout. And then at his pro day, he made, made all of his kicks. Why wouldn't we take this kid? He's got a big leg. But they don't get to see him in, a, in an adverse situation. And the only way you can really set that up sometimes is a tryout or is in training camp when there's a competition yeah. between him and another guy. And when you draft a guy, you're tying money to him. So, I, again, I just not a fan of drafting specialists. I think it's it's a waste of money. I like it for guys to, to earn their spots on these rosters. Yeah, and kicking in playoff weather because you know you know right. those games are always going to be in Kansas City and yeah. Buffalo and you know Denver, Green Bay. You know, you know you, you've got to be able to kick there in December, January. So no, I I, I get it. So Joe, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I know you got a busy day ahead of you uh, again tomorrow, so we'll let mm-hmm. you uh, get some much needed rest after your adventures down there in Mobile. Uh, have you had Dreamland yet? Have you had some good barbecue? That was the first thing that I ordered here on on Tuesday. I, I was told by some people that, that Dreamland is not the best barbecue place, but I, I got to be honest, I thought it was fantastic. I got it last year. I made sure to get it here uh, 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 when I first got here. But what's I, your it, go-to? It was, it was, uh, what, what's my go-to here? Yeah, all with the Dreamland. Oh, the I I last year I did the ribs, but then this year I just I kept it simple. I because I, I did Uber Eats, I didn't want to order ribs on uber eats and get like a bunch of soggy (laughs) a bunch of soggy ribs is dreamland is it only uh, i I don't know enough about it is it only here in mobile or is it like a southern thing started in tuscaloosa okay actually uh they've opened up uh i guess a few locations in alabama so Mm -hmm. yeah great stuff but uh, unless israel breaks some news to me i've never seen one in georgia and definitely (laughs) never seen one in tennessee so um i have not I have not seen one down here. So, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here, man. Uh, Israel, enjoy your clinic. Play some bingo. Uh, the, the coach's clinic bingo. Have you, uh, I know oh, you saw that on Twitter. I, I, I get a free barbecue sandwich out of this from my guys uh, <laughs> from Brooks County, man. Uh, coach McDaniel and Coach Evans, you know, they do a good job of coming up with these scenarios every year, things that you're going to see at football clinics. So, um, I retweeted the other day. So, if, if you're listening, go by and see. And if you just happen to go by, you know, a clinic this year, you can play bingo too, man. You might win something. There you go. Might win a, might win a few Twitter followers. So, Joe, it was a pleasure, man. As always, uh, you and Blake do a tremendous job on the uh, Joe and Rafino show. So, uh, love it, man. Love all your content on, on the Believe Network. And thanks for uh, thanks for being down there battling with us at the at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me on. And uh, I'm always around. I'm sure I'm probably going to hop on again before the NFL draft. And, you know, just looking forward to seeing how this uh, this cycle plays out. Uh, but, uh, you know, appreciate absolutely. it again having me on. Absolutely, Joe. Thanks, man.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.